You're listening to the Harbor Worship Center podcast with Pastor Mike Saint. For more information about the Harbor Worship Center, please visit us at harborwc.com. Enjoy today's message. Today I have decided to use the the popular game Uno. And I, I wish these folks would have unpackaged this stuff for me, but y'all give them a hand anyway. I love my daughter-in-law who went and got them for me. But nonetheless, I'm not going to fight with it much longer. But um, I asked the Lord, what is it you want me to share today? And God began dealing with me. Uh, y'all never mind this paper on the floor. But um, we'll get to it in a moment. But uh, the Lord began dealing with me about some powerful things in this card game called Uno. And we're going to get there in just a moment, I promise you. But before we do, I want to just say a few things because everybody's eager to know where we stand and where I stand on what has happened in our country. God will help me in just a moment, and as I preach, I'm going to expound further. But help me right now, or just, just bear with me right now, as I share a few things with you concerning um, where we are. First of all, I want you to know, Romans 8 and 28 says that all things work together for the good of them that love God and are called according to His purpose. Do you believe that? Amen. How many of you like homemade biscuits? Let me see your hand. I know they're fattening. I know you ain't supposed to eat them all that, but I love them. Nothing about the ingredients is good in and of itself. Crisco, never going to take a bite of that. Butter on the stick, uh, I'm never going to bite into a a stick of margarine. I'm never going to turn up a glass of buttermilk, and I'm never going to grab a bag of self-rising flour and throw it in my mouth. None of that works for me. However, if you put all that together, mix it all up, I love them. Are y'all hearing me? You get the oven just right, huh? You roll them things out like Grandma did and lay them down, and then get some flour on the backside of your hand and just sort of mush it. Y'all with me? That's right. I'm from South Georgia. Mush that biscuit down, you know, and make big old cat head biscuits. I'm going to tell you, after uh, 15, 20 minutes in the oven and some cane syrup, ooh, child, Lord have mercy. Man, I'm telling you, it's something good. How did we take something that every ingredient is a no-go, tastes horrible, but yet, Something good came out of it. That's what I want to tell you about our country today. That's what I want to tell you about the world in which we live. There's some terrible things going on, some bad things, some hateful things, some mean things. But God can take all of that and still mix it together somehow, put it through the fire somehow, and make something good out of it. So um, let me just give give you where I'm at with what's going on. I read, um, in fact... Facebook started blowing up, uh, you know. And then I even knew, um, well, I'm not call no names. I wouldn't do that, but I was going to say some pastor friends, but uh, that's as far as I'll go with that. When the ruling come down, they posted things like, Love wins. God is love. And um, these are popular posts that I read all across social media. Now you say, no, wait a minute, wait a minute pastor, you're talking about my loved ones, listen, I'm talking about my loved ones too. I got a sister in the situation. Y'all hearing me? So I'm not speaking. You say, well, if it was you, you'd feel differently. I feel the same about the Word of God, and I'm going to preach the Word of God to the same blood kin or not. So stay with me for just a moment. There's no hatred in me now. Let me, let me say this very carefully. For the proponents of the Supreme Court, they say that love wins, and God is love. And that is stated correctly. Indeed, he is love, and love did win at Calvary. 2,000 years ago, love did win. And love still wins today. And God is love. But that is not the question that is being asked. The question being asked is, um, shall they be allowed to marry as heterosexual couples and have all the benefits of such a relationship. Let me say this. The world has framed the argument wrongly, uh, wrong against the church and Christian people. The argument has been framed so as to read that if we do not completely approve of that lifestyle and embrace it, then we hate them. 
that we are bigots. And that is the furthest thing from the truth. Are you hearing me say amen? Sodom and Gomorrah in the scripture was the only city that I ever know of that was totally obliterated for the very same sin. So that being said, I want you to understand that I love the LGBT community. We as a church will preach to, love, and embrace as far as that goes. However, we do not, will not, cannot, we're not going to marry uh, I'm not, nor will any of my staff pastors, nor the church of God. Matter of fact, I have a, a statement. I won't read it all. But it comes from our general overseer. He says, on the 26th of June 2015, the Supreme Court of the United States legitimized same-sex marriage in all 50 states and overturns any laws that are contrary to that. Based on their interpretation of the 14th Amendment, they declared that no legal impediment should stand in the way of a couple who wishes to marry. In a clarifying statement, I want you to get this because this will get overlooked. Because you can guarantee court cases are going to flood the Supreme Court. And let me say this. This is just the tip of the iceberg. Next thing we know, we'll ask him we marry dogs and sheep and cows. You think I'm playing, but mark my words. Mark my words. It, it is just the tip of an iceberg. A long, slippery slope awaits us. Let me go ahead. Justice Anthony, Ken Anthony Kennedy made it clear that the ruling does not forbid churches from continuing to oppose the idea of homosexual marriage. Here he says, and I quote, Finally, it must be emphasized that religions and those who adhere to the religious doctrines may continue to advocate with utmost sincere conviction that by divine precepts, same-sex marriage should not be condoned. The first, the first Amendment ensures that religious organizations and persons uh, are given proper protection as they seek to teach the principles that are so fulfilling and so central to their lives and their faiths and to their own deep aspirations to continue the family structure they have long revered, end quote. The church stands with the fellowship of Christians who understand that God intended marriage to be between a man and a woman as explained in Genesis and confirmed by Jesus himself, when he declared that the Creator has made them male and female, and for this reason a man will leave his father and his mother and be united unto his wife, and these two shall become one flesh. Our church joined the Supreme Court case by an amicus brief. That is where uh, amicus means literally the friend of the court who could... Um, could offer some information that might help those who are otherwise affected than just the litigants in the party. We joined that, of course, it, it did not avail but uh, uh, anything for us. But here we stand, and we urge our members and the church to continue to hold the high biblical standard of godly marriage. The legal definition of a marriage may have changed in the eyes of man, but what I want to tell you is this, that God is the one who defined marriage to start with, and no man, no president, no body or court can redefine what they did not first define. The Christian church has understood during most of its existence that it is part of a kingdom that is not of this world. The church has faced much hostility and endured much suffering, but it remains steadfast and victorious. We believe that despite the best efforts of anti-Christian forces, that ultimately we will triumph. I want to say to you that um, when I say those things, we indeed love the LGBT community, that's the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender. We love them, and if we do not love them, we do not show the love of God to the world. If we are uh, bigots uh, and hateful toward them, mean-spirited and think, well, they ought to just die because they're not like us or whatever, then we're no better than anybody else that is wrong. Are you with me? Say amen. We're not a supreme society because we're straight or white or black. That, 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 let, me help, help, let me just help you with some thoughts since we got so much that's happened in the last 10 days. I don't know how in the world I'll ever get through this message. We think about racism. What is racism? Racism is when one race feels like they are superior to another. 
In other words, um, it could be uh, that white people feel like the blacks are inferior. Or reverse that, blacks could feel like whites, or Asians could feel like Americans, or whatever. That's the definition of racism. Now, prejudice, on the other hand, is judging a matter before you have any evidence, period. In other words, if you go to the courthouse and your mind's made up and say, he's black, he's guilty. That is prejudice. Are you hearing me? You didn't see one shred of evidence. You, you did not hold anything in your hand. You did not hear one word from testimony. That is prejudice. That is, that is bias. And it is wrong. Now, let me say this to, to a degree. There is prejudice that runs rampant. And you and I, no matter what culture you're born in, um, white, black, Asian, red, yellow, green, Martian, alien, I don't care. Whatever it is, so much of a, a culture has been bred into you by your parents. When I was coming up, my mom and dad would say, well, we're not prejudiced, but my black buddy couldn't come over and play football with me in the yard. So by action, they were prejudiced. Are you with me? Say amen. It's probably you had some of the same deals. Thank God my parents have gotten on beyond that now. Thank the Lord. We are, you know what? Our country has made some progress. Are you hearing me? I promise I'm going to get back to my message. So uh, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise, and then I'll get moving back toward Uno. Oh, I'm going to make a mess up here on the stage, uh, it looks like. But nonetheless, if I don't find all these cards that I'm supposed to find, Tanya. Enough of that. Um, so... While I'm giving you definitions, let me go ahead and show you what a bigot is. Because you've heard that a lot lately on social media. A bigot is a person who strongly and unfairly dislikes other people and their ideas. A bigoted person, especially a person who hates or refuses to accept the members of a particular group. Now, as that relates to the LBGT community, it is we do not accept what they stand for as far as the people. I've got some gay friends. Are you all with me? I do. I, I have some gay family. That don't mean that I approve of the lifestyle. Are you hearing me? But I'm not hateful and mean-spirited to them to the point that I wouldn't even sit down near them. That's ridiculous, and it doesn't show Christian love, and you're never going to win them like that. You've got to live in such a way as to show them an example. Jesus ate with sinners. He dwelt, uh, they called him a publican and a wine bibber and all that. Anyway, let me get on to the Uno, because I'm going to preach all day if I don't. I told somebody I needed two or three hours today. Y'all help me as we talk about game on. And I want to welcome you to this series. We're going to talk about some popular games. And I, I've had some people with the audacity say, how are you really preaching about a game? Sit back and strap in. And let's find out. And see if I can't draw something from the Word of God and some spiritual contrast and some spiritual application. Because I'm going to tell you something. I take very seriously what I speak for Him. And what I do from the pulpit, amen? I take very seriously. So, uno comes from a Spanish word and an Italian word, a combination that literally means one. Uno. It's an American game that is played specifically with a printed deck of cards. And I got a lot of them up here. Y'all with me? Y'all see some of them? I can't find the ones I'm looking for, so y'all know that's Uno. I've got them here somewhere. They'll show up. But this, this game, come out in 1971 by Merrill Robbins in Reading, Ohio. The deck consists, if you can find them all, of 108 cards, 25 of each color. They're red, yellow, blue, and green. And then there's... Um, they're ranked from zero to nine. Now, it's important that there's the zero, uh, I think there's four of every other, but there's only a couple of the zeros in each of the decks. These are, that's not really important. I want to get to the action cards. There's some action cards that, um, well, wild cards. I preached a message one time about wild child. And then there's some cards that, um, that mean skip. There's some cards that say reverse. Oh, thank you. I, I love it when people have got my back. R reverse. And then there's some cards that say, how many of you ever felt like you were played some cards or dealt some cards 
that you really didn't want to have to play in life. A draw two. See, the object of this game is to get rid of all your cards. Uh, you're dealt, I believe it is seven, if memory serves me right, you're dealt some cards, but then the object is as it goes around and around, you've got to get rid of them, and then you have to give a warning when you get down to one card, you play your last card, you have to say uno. No, you're supposed to say uno. If you can get by with it, you don't have to. If you can just sort of uh, bluff, sort of have your hands you know, down, and, and you don't get caught. If you don't get caught... Then you can go out and it's all good. But if somebody catches you with only one card left and you didn't say, oh no, you got to draw two off the pile. Are y'all with me? Say amen. So I want to say to you that some of us today, uh, if I may, feel like that the person in front of us just laid down a skip card. And we feel like I've been in line for this job forever and I just got skipped over. Huh? I, I was supposed to get this, and now something happened, and I have been skipped. It seems like in life sometimes we're working for that perfect spot. We're working, we're hoping to inherit this, and lo and behold, my great uncle left it to my cousin. And there we feel like we've been skipped. Maybe we're in the church and we're striving for a certain position, but yet the leadership of the church don't feel like that's where you ought to be and they put you somewhere else and again you feel like you've been skipped over. Or perhaps I'm just getting ready. I've got something I really want to play here. And about the time it gets to me, somebody throws a reverse. Just about the time I was going to make my mark, somebody took my turn. Huh? Have y'all ever had that happen or is it just me? It seemed like just about the time uh, God really helped me and I got it all together, I'm really about to pull off the deal of a lifetime. Lo and behold, somebody throwed a reverse and everything went backwards. Everything I've striven for, all that I've worked for, my schooling and this and that, and all of it, if I didn't get skipped, lo and behold, I've gotten reversed. And if we're not careful, we'll get us a hound dog and a moonshine jug and sing gloom, despair, and agony on me, deep, dark, depression, excessive misery. Uh, if it weren't for bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. Gloom, despair, and agony on me. Some of y'all ain't old enough to remember what I was just saying, but nonetheless... This is when the tide turns and every, you know, um, it's bad. But let me tell you how God works reverses. When, when things are looking bad in your own life, when you think it's all over for you, and you're just about to go under, I have seen the Lord say, well, you know, I'll just play a reverse myself. And the Lord throws a reverse. Oh, y'all want some scripture? I, I, I got it. There was a guy by the name of Haman in the book of Esther. He hated the Jews. Oh, you're talking about a racist? He hated them. He wanted to kill Mordecai. He wanted to kill all of the, the Jewish race, if you will. And Haman built himself a gallow. He said, I'm going to come up with some kind of charge. I'm going to share it with the, the, the king or the queen. I'm going to do all of these things that I need to do. And I'm going to see that Jew... Hang from these gallows. And it looked like it was going down. And all of a sudden, God threw a reverse in there. And guess who was hanging by sundown? Haman hanged on his own gallows. He died in the very place he intended to kill somebody else. And I want to tell you this. When you think it's all over, and you think now I, I had it all worked out, and it looks like now that, that the devil is going to prevail, and I'm going under. Let me tell you this. It is never too late for God to throw a reverse. I think of a man by the name of Joseph. He was uh, Jacob's son. The Bible said his brothers disdained him because of his dreams. He, he, he dreamed this dream that he would be great one day. He saw in the dream the sun and the moon and the eleven stars bowing in obeisance to him. That represented his mother and his daddy and his, uh, his eleven brothers. He saw these things and he told these dreams and they said, what, what is this, this dreamer, daddy's favorite little boy. He's got a coat of many colors and, you know, we'll fix his dreams. And so they threw him in a pit. 
They eventually took him out of the pit, sold him into uh, Egyptian slavery to a band of Ishmaelites. He goes and for 20 years, he don't see his family. 20 years. In that 20 years, uh, he goes to the house of Potiphar first. God gives him favor. Potiphar's wife falls in lust with him. Not love, but lust. She has to have him. He's the servant at the house. While Potiphar's gone doing business for the king, she says, why don't you sleep with me? Lie with me. Uh, come to bed. And he says, not so. I can't do such a thing. I cannot commit such an act. And she, she badgered him every day. Come on, brothers. You hearing me? She probably wasn't no bad-looking thing. Potiphar's wife. Y'all with me? But he said, no, I can't do this. I can't do this. And finally, she says, sleep with me. And he says, no. And she grabbed his shirt. He tore away and just ran. I know it's not the manly thing to do, but it's a godly thing to do. He ran out. And when her husband got home and she says, honey, this is what that slave that you brought here, the servant, that's what he, he, he tried to force me today. And see, that's what the world will try to do to you. When you don't play the game with them, they'll try to indict you. Huh? You're a bigot. You're a racist. You're this. You're that. And nonetheless, um, she said, he's forced himself on me. So the boy goes to prison. Joseph, who's innocent before God, who's favored before God, spends two years in a dark, damp, cold prison. Are you all with me? Say amen. It's rough. Hey, let me tell you the long, quick story of this because he spends two years there. It, it, it's been 20 years since he saw his brothers and sisters. God brought a famine to happen in, in Israel. The only people that had grain was in Egypt. God had given Pharaoh... I'm sorry, God had given Joseph favor with the Pharaoh because he had interpreted the dreams of the baker and the butler and the Pharaoh. And things began to happen. And Pharaoh rose up in power to become second in command in Egypt. There was grain in Egypt. So uh, his father, Jacob, sent those boys down to buy grain. You know the story. And finally they came face to face again. And finally Joseph revealed himself to his brothers. And they were scared to death of him. They thought he would kill him. But you know what? Uh, he said to them, you meant this for my harm, but God throwed a reverse. No, he didn't say that. But you meant this for my harm, but God meant it for my good. You think you were getting rid of me, and God was lifting me up and putting me in a position to save your behinds. Wish I had time to preach all that, but I don't. And there's times in your life where... All of a sudden, you've got to pick up a card, and you don't like to play this card. And you reach down, and somebody lays a draw, too. And so you've got to pick up two cards. And lo and behold, they're action cards. They're very valuable cards, 50 points a piece or something. And you didn't want to have to pick them cards up. You didn't want to have to play them cards. Sometimes your boss at work calls you, and all of a sudden, he deals you a card. You don't really want to play that card, but you got to. Are you all hearing me say amen? And then, you know... Um, but you know what? There's some more cards, and here it is. My favorite one is these wild cards. Wild card, man, they got all four colors on them. Man, they even got black and white, too. Woo, hallelujah. That's not part of the game, but it's part of the card, so y'all bear with me. So red, yellow, green, blue, and then the card's trimmed in black and white. How about that? It's all in the family of God. Y'all with me? Say Amen. Nonetheless, there's some wild draw four cards. In other words, man, it's bad enough I had to draw two, now I've got to draw four. And the guy who laid the card just now changed the color, and I had all blue, and he's changed it to red. And that's how it is sometimes in our life, when by the time we made our mark, somebody paints the wall. Hmm? I'll never forget when I was a, young, a lot younger pastor, I thought, man... Man, if we could ever break $7,000 in tithe, if we could ever break 10000 if we could ever do this, if we could ever do that. And I, I, I'll never forget when we finally hit about $20,000 in tithe several years back, they quit printing the accent. I said, man, our church finally made its mark. Now somebody's done painted the wall. Nobody even knows. The thing is, God knows. Are you with me? And it don't bother me anymore. But, but, but God knows. And you feel like sometimes, there it is, I had it all going, I had all green cards, and I'm just about to play out. Everything's working, and then somebody throws one down, says, draw you four more, and it's yellow. And I mean, isn't that how it is in life? Man, I'm just about to get ahead, and while you've got all stocked up, you done went to school for this, and you've done all that and the other, somebody changes the requirements. Don't need that no more, got to have this. Georgia license won't work, got to have Florida. 
Whatever it is, I mean, you know how it is. That, that you just get dealt. But here's the beautiful thing. God allows us, I believe, sometimes to possess that wild card. So that we can be the one to say, when the devil has said this, we can say, no, no, I think it'll be red. Hmm? I kind of like red. Red, well, it's the blood of Jesus. It's color red. It kind of matches the harbor. Reach, educate, and deploy. Red, red. Somebody say red. red. So I think we'll just make it red. And you and I have the power through prayer. To say, God, all of this is going on around me. Now listen, we don't have the right to get all uh, sissified and say, Oh God, everything's happening bad to me. Everybody can cry every now and then, but there's a time you've got to shake it off and get up. You can cry for a second, but it's time to get up and say, All right, it's happened. Quit crying about it and let's move on because we've got to live until we die or God comes to get us. But we feel like so many times we've been skipped over. We feel like we've been reversed. We feel like, man, we've been made to draw. Oh, Lord, we had to draw four. They've changed this. They've changed that. Let me say this. God can throw a reverse when he wants to. God can call somebody else to be skipped. About the time you think you're going to get skipped, sometime a reverse will come in there and skip somebody else. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Uno means one. As I got pondering this on my couch this past week, matter of fact, I, I built a worksheet on this message a month or so ago. Couldn't find it. So I had to go back by memory. Y'all ever done that? I ain't supposed to be forgetting stuff like that, but uno means one. So I, I started thinking about this and the implications of one. I had a meeting with our overseer this past week. Good meeting, really. And I was addressing some of the things that are facing our churches today particularly the, uh, the racial divide. Did you know Camden County, Georgia, is the only place where we have a black district and a white district? And I don't like it. Y'all with me? I think we are one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one church, and the red blood of Jesus Christ washes away the white pigment, the black pigment, the red pigment, this pigment, and we are His. One people. Amen? So I told the overseer, I, I don't care what you do. If it's, if it's Bishop Dawson, if it's Bishop Griffin, if you want to make it one big district, praise God, and I'll resign tonight as a DO. Or if you want to make me the man, I'll step up tonight as a DO. If you want to redraw the boundaries and say, Kingsland District consists of this, this, and this, because right now Kingsland District has all white churches. Of which I'm the overseer. And not just in Kingsland, but it's folks in St. George and the north end of the county and all this. And then the St. Mary's district has all black churches. And I said, it, I, to me, it's foolishness. It's time for us to say, if your church is in these boundaries, white or black, you are church of God, and this is your overseer. I don't care who he is. If you're in St. Mary's and these are the boundaries, you know why we don't have a black God? We don't have a white God. Are y'all hearing me? We are God's people. Let me go one step further. I'm tired of having uh, a day to honor Hispanics, a day to honor blacks, a day to honor this. Let's get together and honor God. Period. I done opened more worms today. My email box, I can hear it right now. Listen. Let me, let me help you out with this. I, I need to. There is one Lord. There is one faith. There is one baptism. There is one church. Christ is the head of the church, and we are members in particular. And I will tell you something. God's not a respecter of persons. He don't love you anymore because you're white or you anymore because you're black or Asian or Jewish or whatever. He died for all of us. There is neither Jew nor Greek nor, nor circumcision nor uncircumcision, but we are all made in the image of God. Let me, let me quote it for you. Say, or I'm going to read it directly. Ephesians 4 and 4. He says, There is one body and one spirit, just as you are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Uno! One Lord! 
one church. Now, and let me say this. Now, I know because we, we split hairs on, you know, well, we ain't sure we believe in this, and we ain't sure we believe in that. So we have the Baptists, and we have the Methodists, and we have the uh, Pentecostals, and the Neo-Pentecostals, and the Nazis, and then you name it, we got everybody. But here, here's who makes up the church. If you are washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, you are born again. You are the church. I don't care if you call yourself Catholic, Presbyterian, white, black, Church of God, Assembly of God, whatever. Well, let me move on. Uh, one Lord. Secondly, there's one church. Um, we are one church. We're not a divided church. We're not a black church. We're not a white church. We're not an Asian church. We are His church. As I said, His red blood washes away the pigment of skin color and this and that and the other. Let me say this. I'm really going, man, might as well go. I'm here. Security, if y'all just beef up for me. <laughs> I'm going to go if, or die trying right here. Uh, man, I jump out of airplanes. You think I'm worried about it? I'm going. I'm going. Let me say this. There's one Lord. There's one faith. One. Listen. As I was studying Uno and one, I, I got thinking about the crazed maniac that went into the church in Charleston and pulled the trigger at least nine times, killing nine people. Killing nine people. A hate crime, absolutely. Racist, absolutely. But let me, let me tell you this, and, and y'all just going to have to bear with me and like me or love me or hate me, but I'm going to say it or die. We can blame hatred and actions motivated uh, by race, and it has been over the years. But right now we have blamed entire races for the actions of a few. It's happened both ways. It's happened with the whites. It's happened with the blacks. Uh, it's happened with the, it's happened everywhere. But but just let me borrow your mind for just a moment. I'll guarantee you, most people in America right now probably cannot call the name of the nut job that went in there and shot up all those people. You know why? We blamed it on the Confederate flag. We blamed it on the gun. We blamed it on going with the wind. We blamed it on everything else except the one guilty. His name was Dylan Ruth. Amen. He's the one filled with hate. He's the one that pulled the tree. I'm not saying that we should fly the Confederate flag on the Capitol or whatever, but I say it's a sad day in our society when Amazon will sell an ISIS flag, but not a Confederate flag, which happens to be part of our history. I don't agree with, with all the things that was done under the Confederate flag. Trust me. Nor do I agree with all the things that's done under the red, white, and blue. I love this country. I signed up to die for this country. I, I serve this country. And I believe in this country. But listen to me. I don't agree with everything the Stars and Stripes do. I don't believe in everything that comes out of the White House. I don't care who's there. We all know they'll all lie. That's just how it is. You might as well know that. And if you don't think this last week is going to be hot-button issues for the election, for the next 18 months we're going to be glued to TVs, wasting all kind of time when we could really be doing something good for the country. Enough of my rant. Let me move on. Just a few days, this white male, Dylan Ruth, filled with hate, went in there. He killed these nine precious people of which we had a tribute memorial to. And it is sad, and I'm so glad that the church has embraced our church, our people that love God. Listen, that being said, on the news, you've hardly heard a word about him. But all you have heard about is this governor has ordered the flag down. And I'm not a proponent to say put the flags up, the Confederate flags. I'm not, you're not going to find one in my pickup truck. You're not going to come to my house and find one flying on my roof. I'm not a racist. I don't think we're superior. But listen, if you go down that long road of banning every... Okay, you ban Gone with the Wind. One of the great classic movies of all time. We're going to ban Roots. We're going to ban all the other things. The Negro spirituals. I'm going to tell you something. Out of slavery birthed some of the greatest singers that ever lived. Out of, out of slavery when, when, when blacks were really pushed down. And I'm against it. Don't get me wrong. But I'm going to tell you what they did. They survived in the moment that they were in. And they had something about them that had some soul. That they cried out to God in the agony of the moment. And we can't take that away. 
I'm going to tell you something. When, you're, when you are oppressed so hard like that and your soul cries out to God, there becomes a closeness there. Something happened in that, in that moment, in that time. And let me say this. It's part of our history. And although I hate it, it's still there. And it is ridiculous for me to think that it did not happen. That's just how it is. We can, we can take it off the walls. We can take it out of the textbooks. It don't mean it didn't happen. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Lord, help me tie this up. What I'm saying is this. We've transferred the blame from the guilty who was Dylan Ruth to the gun. And I, and I know it's political agendizing. It's, it's politicians that want to push their way. And it's all of them. It's black ones. It's white ones. It's red ones. It's all of them. That's right. I have to be careful. Anyway, how many of y'all know? How many of y'all, can I borrow your mind for just a second? How many of you ever know, have heard of a read-only document? Come on, let me see your hand. You've worked on a computer, and you opened up a document, and it simply said, read-only. You do not have permission to edit. Some of y'all know where I'm going. As the Lord laid this on my heart just last night, after mulling over all that's gone down in the courts and with, with, with the massacre, not only, by the way, when we're talking about all this, ISIS murdered 37 more on a beach yesterday, beheaded somebody in France. Listen, I'm telling you, this country better wake up and smell the coffee. We are the ones that have the technology and the will, uh, well, not the will, but the might to do it if we would do it. To hunt them down and kill them, to eradicate them. We better get a grip because they are coming to America. Right now you're watching it and it's okay while it's on the beaches of Fiji or some great way off or it's in France, it's over there. But wait till it happens in downtown Kingsland. Wait till it happens at Kings Bay. Wait till it starts knocking on our door. And then you'll want somebody to say, hey, something's got to be done about this thing. Let me, let me tie it up. A read-only document. The Lord laid on my heart and he said, you know what? The Word of God, that's what it is. It's a read-only document. You know what God said? Let me, let me read it for you. Uh, this, is, this is what he said. And I'm going to quote it for you. Revelation 22 and 18. For I testify to everyone who hears the word of this prophecy, talking about the Bible, of this book, if anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. If anyone takes away from the words of this book of prophecy, God will take his part from the book of life. From the holy city and from the things that are written in this book. Let me say this. What he said is this. My word is a read only. We do not have the liberty to editorialize. We do not have the liberty to go in and change. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Let me tell you what Ezekiel said. When it comes to responsibility. Now y'all can love me or hate me and this might be your first Sunday or for some it now may be your last Sunday. I've enjoyed the ride. I'm just simply saying this. God is holding you and me accountable for what we do. The white race is not responsible for what Mike Sainz did or Ray Ward. The black race is not responsible for, for what Doug Strawn done. Are y'all hearing me? Um, uh, that is, let me read it to you. It comes out of Ezekiel 33 and 12. And I'm going to read fast, but you've got to hear this. And then we're going to pray. Therefore, O Son of Man, say to the children of your people, The righteousness of the righteous man shall not deliver him in the day of his transgression. As for the wickedness of the wicked... He shall fall because of it in the day that he turns from, excuse me, he shall not fall because of it in the day that he turns from his wickedness. In other words, if they stop the wickedness, nor shall the righteous be able to live because of his righteousness in a day when he sins. Now I know that refutes a whole lot of eternal security for some of you. But he says, if we are righteous and then we turn to sin, the righteousness of yesteryear will not negate the sin of today. 
when I say to the righteous, verse 13, that he shall surely live, but he trusts in his own righteousness, and then he commits iniquity, and none of his righteous works will be remembered because of the iniquity that he has committed. He shall die. Again, verse 14, and when I say to the wicked, you shall surely die if he turns away from his sin and does what is lawful and right. If the wicked restores the pledge, gives back what he's stolen, walks in the statutes of life, walks um, without committing iniquity, he shall surely live. He shall not die. None of his sins which he has committed shall be remembered against him. He has done what is lawful and what is right. He shall surely live. Let me read on. Yet the children of your people say the way of the Lord is not fair, but it is the, their way that is not fair. When the righteous turns from righteousness and commits iniquity, he shall die because of it. But when the wicked turns from wickedness and does what is lawful and right, he shall live because of it. Yet you say the way of the Lord is not fair. O house of Israel, I will judge every one of you according to your ways. It's not my fault or your fault that Dylan went in there and shot those precious people. He's going to stand before God and a court in this country for what he did. It doesn't make all the whites hate blacks. It doesn't make all this, you know, and likewise, no matter. Uh, let me just go again. Some of the, some of the, the riots and some of the looting, some of the, the things uh, where we had black people perpetrate some, that does not make the whole black race bad. Everybody receives in his own body the just reward for what he did. Now, does that mean there are not racially motivated things where a whole movement, that happens, we know that. But I'm going to tell you, I'm smart enough to believe the Word of God. And the Word of God says, in this particular case, this lone ranger, and he may have, I don't know, there may be some copycats out there. We briefed our security team to be on the alert for that. I'm not fool enough to think that that couldn't happen right here. But I'm confident enough to know that we will do our dead level best to do something about it. And that you got people all around you right now ready to take action if it happens. Are y'all hearing me say amen? Ezekiel 18, 19. Let me read this and then, then I'm going to pray, I promise. Ezekiel 18, 19. Yet you say, why should the son not bear the guilt of the father? Because the Son has done what's lawful and right, and He's kept all my statutes and observed them, He shall live. The soul who sins will die. The Son shall not bear the guilt of the Father, nor the Father bear the guilt of the Son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon Himself, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon Himself. What He's saying is, listen, my white forefathers done some terrible, despicable things that I detest. That don't mean I've done them. Your four, and let, let me say, some of Kelly's bloodline on up, they're some mean people. That's right, they called them John Hall's outlaws. And they were outlaws. I'm not kidding you. Mean. Hardcore. But you know what? What they did is not a reflection of who I am. I'm not responsible for, even my dad, I love him with all my heart. John's saying, I'm not responsible for what he's done. Adam, my son, my oldest, boy, he ain't responsible for what I've done. Now, we do know, yes, uh, when you hear little children saying terrible, prejudicial, or racial, bigoted things, they probably did hear their mom and daddy saying it. And it's a shame. It's a shame. But somebody's got to lead the way in this crooked, crazy, perverse world. And it, what better person than the church? This stuff ain't going away. You say, well, I can't believe you're saying all that from the pulpit. I ain't no hypocrite. I ain't going to say what behind your back what I won't say to your face. Amen. Somebody's got to tell it like it is. Somebody's got to speak for it. But if the wicked man turns from all the sins which he's committed, he keeps my statutes and he does what is lawful and right, he'll live. He will not die. 22 says, none of the transgressions that he's committed be remembered against him because of the righteousness which he has done. He shall live. Do I have pleasure at all that the wicked should die, says the Lord God? No. And not that he should turn from his wicked way. But when a righteous man turns from his, from his righteousness and he commits iniquity and does according to all the abominations that the wicked man does, shall he live? All the righteous which he has done will not be remembered because of the unfaithfulness which he is guilty and the sin which he has committed because of them he shall die. I don't know how we can believe in eternal salvation with such a clear word from God. Let me read on. Um, verse 24. But when a righteous man turns away from the righteousness and commits... Oh, I'm sorry, verse 25. Yet you say, 
The way of the Lord is not fair. Hear, O house of Israel, is it not my way um, which is fair and your ways which are not fair? When a righteous man turns from his righteousness and commits iniquity, he dies in it. It is because of the iniquity that he's done that he dies. Again, when a wicked man turns away from his wickedness and uh, considers and turns away from the transgression which is committed, he'll live. Israel, it's not my ways. Uh, is it not my ways that are fair and your ways that are not fair? This is God. Verse 30, therefore I'll judge you, O house of Israel, everyone according to his own ways. Say that with me. I will judge you, everyone, according to his own ways. Says the Lord God. Here it is. Watch this. Repent and turn from all your transgressions so that the iniquity will not be your ruin. Cast away from you all the transgressions which you've committed. And get yourselves a new heart and a new spirit. For why should you die, O house of Israel? For I have no pleasure in the death of one that dies, says the Lord. Therefore turn and live. I want y'all to bear with me for just a moment. I need about four or five of my black brothers and sisters. I don't even want to use terms like that anymore. I don't want to say white people. I don't want to say black people. I don't want to say red. But that's the only way I can identify it right now. I need four or five of my black brothers and sisters to join me on the stage. If we got an Asian in the house, I need you to join me on the stage. Come on, closest one to me. Come on, sister. Uh, brothers, I need four or five white people to join me on the stage. Come on. Whatever ethnicity we have. Come on. That's right. And I don't want us to party up with our own color now. I want us to mix and mingle where it's white, red, black, red, black, white. Oh, somebody think I'm talking about Georgia. No, I'm not talking about... I'm trying with everything I can to say that God loves this man as much as he loves me. God loves this man as much as he loves me. Amen. God loves this girl as much as he loves me. All of me. God, you know what? You couldn't make God love you more. You couldn't. There's no way possible he could love us anymore. And I'm telling you, love did win. Love won at Calvary. And these are my brothers and my sisters. That's right. They're my brothers and my sisters. And I'm going to tell you what right now. Here's what I want to do. I want to share the Word of God. I want to pastor and preach the Word of God regardless of color, regardless of creed, regardless of nationality. I don't care. If I do wrong, I got to pay for it. If you do wrong, you have to pay for it. If you do wrong, you have to pay. It is upon. Now, you know what we do? And we hope and we pray that when we get in trouble, how many of y'all have been in trouble? I got both hands up, feet. I've been there. Um, we all want what's called grace, we all want mercy. But how many of you know things are not. Things are not pretty. I'm going to tell you something. I, I was totally amazed at the families in Charleston who stood before judge. Now, that, this guy is probably going to die, and he should. He deserves it. There ain't no doubt. But they united unlike, unlike Baltimore and unlike Missouri, and they simply said hate is not going to win. And you know why it was done that way? I can tell you why. It was in a church. It was people that loved God. It was people that esteemed the Word of God more than this world and any of that. And they said, love is going to win. Hate is not going to. I'm not saying that we go get him out of jail and buy him a cake. And, and I'm not saying all that. He's going to pay for what he, And he ought to. That's part of it. If we do so, so what I'm saying is this: when we do something, hopefully not as grave as murder. Let's just say you've you've failed in whatever addiction you've tried to be free from. You've gone back to the pill. You've gone back to the bottle. You've gone back to the drink. You've done this or you've done that. We say, "Oh God, have mercy on me." God, I'm struggling. That's what it delineates someone who 
loves God and tries to follow God is someone who feels that conviction and says, I'm not going to live like this. I'm trying, Lord. I know I messed up. I said something I shouldn't have said. But they feel the conviction in their heart. And they get on their knees and say, God, would you please forgive me? God, I said something. I've done something I shouldn't have done. That's the difference in what, what's this? Someone who continues to violate their conscience, continues to do things they know they feel guilty about, and then they override it and override it. Guess what you've done? The Bible says you've seared your conscience as with a hot iron. Stiffened your neck and hardened your heart so you don't even feel bad about it no more. So if you feel conviction sometime when you're at the house of God, we sometimes call it stepping on. Oh, he got on my toes today. Thank God you still felt conviction. God's still dealing with you. So you respond to it and say, Lord, I'm sorry. Help me to live right. I, I want to pray with these right here. Can Is it possible that we can just get in a circle? Just come, come on around here, guys. Come on around here. I, I just come on around all the way around. Here we go. Can, you, can I get y'all to stand and stretch your hands this way? I'm, I'm going to stand actually in the middle here. Man, we got it going. It's kind of like a deck of Uno cards. We got white. We got black. I don't know if we got uh, Asian or whatever. Let me say this. We're the people of God. So stretch your hands this way right now. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters. I pray, Lord, for the, for the church, God. I pray for the people of our community that indeed in the blaze the trail and we will lead in troubled times hand in hand in the name of Jesus Amen Amen. God bless you Thank you for listening For more information please visit us at harborwc.com